0: This is the Author Archive podcast. Today, T.L. Mogford, known to family and friends as Thomas Mogford, used to write books about a guy called Spike who lived in Gibraltar. But now, the new one is historical, The Plant Hunter, just recently out in paperback. Tom, welcome. This plant hunter, does he go looking for something which we can now find in the garden centre?
1: No, and that was a very um, important part of the planning of the book because I was keen to have the main character, Harry, head off uh, to find a beautiful tree, but if I chose trees that already existed, then the chances are they would have have already been um, introduced to this country or Europe by a... A real life plant hunter so i i had to invent a completely new tree for him to find called um, it's called the icicle tree and it was i, I was a sort of frankenstein like uh figure in in grafting together this uh, fictional idealized tree so I, it was great fun i could uh, sort of make it look however i i wanted and <laughs> I, I had this Vision of these beautiful long flowers that looked as white as icicles.
0: But do you know, if you go onto Google, you can find a tree purporting to be an icicle tree. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's not that's not you.
1: It's not me. No, I haven't. I haven't planted that somewhere. No. I mean, <laughs> the, my the sort of inspiration was a, tr- a real life tree called the handkerchief tree which or or the dove tree is also known as which is really beautiful and it it looks like um you know handkerchiefs are are flapping from the upper branches or doves are perching in it and this was a tree that was found by a real-life plant hunter called e.h wilson in 1899 and he had a quite an adventure finding it so that was my inspiration i suppose with the, the whiteness element but then the rest of it I just sort of, you know, put together as best
0: I could. <laughs> well funnily enough, I used to have one of those in my garden. Really? I had no idea. Yeah. Now you set your story um mid eighteenth mid nineteenth century onwards, don't you? And yes. interestingly, um I used to hang around the King's Road in London because it was trendy, it was music, it was where the Sex Pistols came from. But in your time it's known for something completely different.
1: Yes, and that your the the era of David Freeman wafting around the King's Road <laughs> in the fifties was legendary, very much
0: legendary. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah Don't ask too many questions. Um, I'm sure. No, it would be amazing. But um, that was very much in my mind because that is what I thought of as the, the King's Road's sort of most famous period. But it had a it had a, a flourishing in the eighteen hundreds and even. Um, the late 1700s when it was the the center of the exotic plant trade and they'd uh, these nurserymen had built these really beautiful um, greenhouses and palm houses and stove houses lining the road it was a new sort of technology which blew people away that they could recreate these um, you know tropical atmospheres to grow these plants in and um, it had been done at Kew but they they brought it into the into the private sector and it was booming with, with these very valuable plants and, and very sort of smart people going to buy them there.
0: When you were writing this, were you informed by what happened to the tulip trade in Holland years earlier, where the value and the perceived value of horticultural bits and bobs became astronomic?
1: Yes, yes, that was definitely um, in my mind as well. It, I suppose it's this extraordinary feeling of things that we slightly take for granted now like you know at our local Lidl, you see sacks of tulip bulbs going for you know 2.99 and you know reading about uh the fact that a, a you know a wealthy man in in Amsterdam swapped his beautiful canal side palazzo for a single bulb um during that period of sort of insanity and um yeah, that there was a, a sort of a renaissance of that to an extent, in that um, these new plants were, were fetching vast sums. There was one one orchid brought brought back in the mid 15 in the mid 1800s, I think, which sold for 50 pounds, which was a, the equivalent of a the, some, the annual wage of a you know well-to-do. Um, Clark, or something. So it, it was single plants were going for huge sums as well. And it, it was the newness that was really uh, thrilling people, and the fact that very few people had the plants uh, that uh, were on sale. So you could be a collector. It, almost like it's almost like the art trade now. I'm sure people look back on these, particularly these NFTs or non fungible tokens, <laughs> going huge amounts of money and think, what on earth was going on there? But it, it happened there in the in the Victorian period with exotic plants.
0: You invented your plant hunter, whose name is
1: Harry Compton.
0: And how old is he about?
1: He is in his early twenties, and uh, he he's he's a, a lover of plants, and he gets a job in one of the King's Road nurseries. But he he longs to be more on the side of breeding plants, and you uh, caring for them but he's he happens to be a very handsome young man so his unscrupulous boss sticks him in in the uh the 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 palm house on the king's road so he can work as a salesman selling selling the plants to uh to to wealthy buyers a bit i suppose like a a wannabe uh or aspiring artist being getting a job in a in a smart mayfair gallery and 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 all their time being taken up by wooing uh you know uh buyers rather than getting on with the the art part. so he, he's a little disgruntled with where he is but he breaks out of it thankfully
0: um but to have this wish to go up the yangtze i mean it's i mean it's 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 a big expedition now but then i mean it would take you months to get there. So what happens that catalyzes the the young Harry so that his life can change in this monumental way?
1: Well, I, I had this sort of vision of the King's Road a bit like with, with you on it, David, but <laughs> with uh, plant hunters uh, flocking to it. And I think there, there was a lot of truth in that because it was the plant hunters who would find the valuable plants bring them back to the King's Road and sell them. And I, I sort of imagined them as being the pop stars or footballers of their day, and um, Harry meets one of these plant hunters. Except he's he's really full, He's on his uppers, and um, he, Harry is is kind to him in a in a Kings Road tavern. And as a result, he uh, before he dies, this this um, aged and I suppose failed plant hunter bequeaths Harry a map uh, on which uh, is marked an X which denotes the position of this fabled icicle tree which no one knows if it's real or not and harry basically sees his chance and seizes his chance and uh sets off to try and find this plant but but others want it too um
0: and you're talking and you're writing of a time the railways are there the railways um are part of Life. So all the money that was invested in railways—that's happened. So how does he get backing? Because it's going to cost him, isn't it?
1: Yes. Well, he doesn't have much backing initially, which is uh, a problem. I mean, the, the the man who found the icicle tree—sorry, the icicle tree—the dove tree that you <laughs> had in your garden, handkerchief yeah. tree, E. H. Wilson—he was sponsored by a very rich Kings Road nurseryman called. Harry Veach, who had the largest and, and best nursery on the King's Road, so he had money to to go and find this tree. Whereas Harry is really has very little. He has some money given to him by his father, uh, and he has some jewels that belong to his mother, which he he pawns in Portsmouth. But his lucky break really is when he arrives in Shanghai that he manages to hook up with uh, uh, a, a beautiful, prickly young widow called clarissa lockhart who has some financial requirements of her own so they they sort of get into bed together not literally um but professionally and um that's what allows him to 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 complete his or to at least embark on the most as you say tricky part of the expedition yes, when, the
0: you min- when you invented clarissa as, as she appeared um in in your book i thought i wonder who's going to play her in the film 'Cause this you know, um you must have sold the film rights. You must have done but
1: well, they they are they're, they're they're still out there available if uh, <laughs> you know, one one lives in hope. Um yeah. well actually yeah my wife and I had recently watched um uh, a, uh, a an early um film with with Nicole Kidman um on a boat. Um and uh so i I sort of heard the kind of um, pre raphaelite corkscrew curled, curls of a young nicole kidman was was faintly in my mind at the Excellent. time well I I, I
0: I i hope her or one of her <laughs> um later uh, ladies like this will be available now when you if you get the this specimen i mean it you've got to get it back, so the technology of carrying these Delicate blooms back. Is that based on reality? Is there such a thing as a Wardian case?
1: Yes, absolutely. And it was, um, it completely revolutionized the uh, plant hunting industry. It was um, basically like a, a miniature greenhouse which you could uh, plant your uh, cuttings or, or seedlings in and uh, portably carry it um, onto a boat and often it would be placed on the the poop deck of a boat so it uh, had access to light but was relatively sheltered but yeah it was um it was invented by a man called Dr Ward who was a medical doctor with an interest in caterpillars and he was like all these (laughs) Victorians of the day you know incredibly ambitious in, in discovering new things and he was he, he was studying a caterpillar in a, in a jar, and um, he'd closed up the jar. And he, when he returned to this jar, a few days later, he found that a little fern had, had sprouted. But it, it, it didn't seem to make sense to him that it could survive in this um, closed glass-based environment. And I think he then realized that you could have a little microclimate in, in a sealed glass container. And I suppose the, the transpiration of the plant would create the right uh, the, the right atmosphere for it to survive in. So he then uh, built or had built a sort of miniature version, almost of the you know the the Kew Gardens Palm House, portable, and planted little seedlings in it. And to his delight, they thrived without him having to open it or water them or do anything. And they realised this, yeah.
0: Uh, so, so this comes from research. Before you started writing this, you researched.
1: I did, but yeah, very, very heavily. Um, I mean, I part of the research was actually in, in two versions of the entire novel that I wrote that didn't quite work. But I I got very excited about the idea, and and I wrote I wrote a first version of the Plant Hunter quite quickly. Um, my wife after. Watching Nicole Kidman movies was then <laughs> forced, forced to read it, and uh, sort of the, the unfortunately the you know gladder tu- gladder tutorial sort of thumbs down appeared, and uh, it was not a goer. So I then had another go at writing it, all the time sort of researching more. So by the time I wrote the third version, which was the version which was published, I'd been I'd been at it for a good number of years and had accumulated quite a, a welter of Plant uh, hunter-related knowledge by then, so it came out that way strangely.
0: And it's a world with drugs. Um, were you aware of how much uh, the opium, well, the opium trade and the opium use was around at the time?
1: No, I mean that that was a, a really shocking and astonishing part of the research. I mean, I wanted, I wanted to. I wanted Harry to to go to China to find his plant because that was where a huge number of very precious trees and shrubs were coming from. And it was the, the garden of the world. It was the real, the sort of richest place to to find these new trees. And I'd the only big city I'd spent any time in was Shanghai. Um probably about 15, 20 years ago. So I was slightly confident that I could recreate shanghai albeit be at shanghai a, a long time ago so i started to research shanghai 1860s and was pretty quickly drawn into reading about the opium trade and then the, the opium wars between china and and britain and france and uh, it was astonishing to to learn that the the british government had sanctioned and hugely profited from um effectively selling heroin to china and then uh, going to war with china in order to oblige them to accept the heroin that they were importing from uh from india where they were growing it well opium rather than heroin but it you know it was mind blowing given given the position on you know the war on drugs and everything it was almost a sort of reverse of that
0: yes um shocking
1: yes and i and i think china's uh' of unease occasionally about britain I, I think a lot of it can still be traced back to to those wars um where we really um you know it's not possibly the finest hour of, uh, <laughs> of the empire but um it's still you know it's it's riveting and 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 I loved researching it and hopefully that comes across as well because it, of course opium is is a poppy product. So, in in a sense, that's another another part of the exotic plant trade that was in existence, just uh, not the ornamental part, but the uh, you know getting high part.
0: Um, I spoke to you first about Spike in Gibraltar years ago, and now you've moved into a different sort of novel. Is the next one in early preparation? Do you know where you're going next?
1: Yes, I'm. I'm Gonna have a crack at another another historical novel, which also has a has a botanical element, but it's set uh, a good deal earlier in the in the late seventeen hundreds. And uh, uh,
0: what's your yeah. wife think of it?
1: I think <laughs> I think she's uneasy that there's there going to be another three versions, and you know it, it's going to be a tortuous process. But hopefully, hopefully, I can get get my research done first before um, (laughs) rushing in it's always tempting to to start writing because it's such fun but i think one has to 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 be patient
0: well i read the plant hunter sitting on um, a greek beach in the sun and it really worked congratulations tom writing as tl mogford that's the plant
1: hunter good to see you again you too thank you david